Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined today as per normal by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. We're going to run through three topics that have caught our eye from things in the, in the hotel and real estate investment space in the last week or so. Uh, but before we start on the first of those three, uh, a quick word from Andrew about a forthcoming event. Yes, um, it's really a reboot of our operational real estate festival, which came down with a nasty virus, like many other events. Um, and it's called Real Estate Tomorrow. And the idea being that um, despite many of the sectors in operational real estate um, currently being quite bombed out uh, it remains operational real estate really remains the focus for the future so we're calling it real estate tomorrow and it's on the 16th of june starts at 9 45 uk um, and it's real estate hyphen tomorrow.com and the first bit of real estate we're going to talk about this week is not actually hotels but the self-storage sector um, which seems to be attracting quite a lot of the slightly more adventurous real estate investors at the moment. And I had a good look at that this in the last week. So it reminds me a little bit of where we were with service departments, apart hotels, perhaps three or four or five years ago. Um, not that many big, well-known established brands, lots of little operations who are quite successful with one or two units of them of their own in various places and and, and a market that's developing having kind of come from the states as a concept into main mainland europe via the uk um uh, but for those that are involved uh, some quite exciting opportunities i think absolutely chris it's, it's interesting you picked on um uh, service departments uh, um, i picked on um, slightly even earlier um, new category which is branded budget hotels um, both very similar actually and the parallels between either service departments or branded budget hotels are quite striking in terms with self-storage they have similar kpis the occupancy and rate um, both are vital for the you know in terms of recording success within within whether it's self-storage or budget hotels um, both have staff costs is the biggest operating expense despite mm -hmm. you know not having a lot of staff particularly within the self-storage end but that's still the biggest operating expense both have a customer base that splits between uh, business and consumer um 50 50 mm -hmm. in yeah. the case of uh, uh budget hotels and the business being the big growth area actually um both are in rapid expansion of branded offers um, and both um, location is a critical factor and both have great expansion pros prospects I mean branded budget in the UK I would suggest is probably um, at the point oh, saturation is the wrong word to use but it, it, it's, it's at a point where there's diminishing returns I think um, in the case of self-storage it's, it's got quite a ways to run yet and I think this is the exciting bit about self-storage um, you know we kind of 10-15 years ago uh, where branded budget was and there's there's all of that runway that lies ahead for investors coming into the, the the branded storage space um 
and I think there's a there's a huge amount of um, opportunity there, which which looks very exciting. And of course, right now, um, and the the whole self store thing has proved a lot more resilient than um, the hotel sector. Um, it's still open, it's still trading, it's still making money. It's been hit, of course. There's very mm. few businesses that are not going to be hit, but it's certainly not had to shut down as has um, branded budget hotels or many branded budget hotels. And of course, they uh, they feel quite confident because they'll be picking up a variety of of domestic business from consumers who just want to store their stuff through to people who are actually moving. Perhaps might get stuck uh, as the housing ladder sort of rather gets a bit uh, sclerotic. And then there's also the hope that more and more businesses will think about becoming more and more flexible in their approach and will want to store on a kind of pay-as-you-go basis rather than take out a lease on a on a warehouse or smaller storage space so they seem fairly confident that even if one area goes a little weaker there'll be opportunities in another and therefore that will kind of level out the the demand and and keep the keep the rate reasonably high yeah i mean i think nobody is going to escape the um economic um pressure that's heading our way um i I think that that's pretty inescapable but they should prove amongst the most resilient of all the sort of operational real estate segments we talk about um on this podcast and within hotel analyst or shortly to be renamed operational real estate analyst um and you know this is one of the 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 sexiest sectors right now i'd suggest topic we're going to take a look at is uh, what's going on in Spain particularly with the hotel market here's a country that's desperate to get the tourism sector going again and with in the last just in the last few days the announcement of a, of a day when there were no new uh, deaths from COVID-19 in Spain it does feel like the country has sort of turned a corner and is uh, starting to open up again in quite a kind of focused way. Um, I suppose the big question for all of the hoteliers in uh, particularly in the kind of holiday areas around the around the coast of Spain is is will this be soon enough to actually give them some profit this summer season um, and there's still a lot of unknowns before we try and answer that question in any level of detail. Um, and uh, the, the more pessimistic, of the, especially the seasonal operators, have actually said, uh, certainly in some parts of the country, they won't even bother trying to open up for this season because they reckon by the time they get going, it'll be almost time to close down again for the winter. Um, but there are those more optimistic ones who are thinking, let's get going and can we have, please, can we have some Brits to come down and drink beer and spend money in our bars and hotels? <laughs> the question is, will it happen? Yeah, big question. And well, there's been so say mixed reviews in terms of how European governments have handled this crisis. Some have done rather better than others. Um, Germany, Austria, um, Norway, Denmark are amongst the better performers. Um, the UK, the Spanish, and Italians are at, amongst the worst performers. Um, it seems as we're coming out of this that the UK is determined to carry on with its losing streak however <laughs> and we've got this bonkers suggestion that we're um, going to have this 14 day quarantine yeah, so um, a fortnight's holiday turns into a month 
<laughs> well, well, arguably six weeks. So you have a fortnight there because if everyone's threatening to reciprocate, so we'll have a fortnight there, and you get two weeks actually able to go out of your apartment, and then two weeks once you get back home again. So no, of course it's not going to happen. If um, it does seem there's growing political pressure to can that, yeah. it's just bonkers, um, and there's all sorts of ideas afoot about how we will get over that. I, I think whatever the case um, uh, of the government action um i think there's going to be very subdued re- demand for spanish resorts from across all the key um, source markets um you know whether it's the uk or the germans or um you know the two biggest source markets for spain i think that, that you know, staycationing is going to be the rage this year um and, it, and it's going to be quite tough to get people on planes i think um uh, this does leave the resort market spectacularly exposed. I was looking at um, um, some work HVS did on the um, urban markets in Spain, um, and I think they are somewhat better placed. Um, Spain has a, obviously a significant domestic tourism market, and if they get their great museums open, um, I suspect that the urban the domestic urban tourism will be the strongest to come back um and uh, out of the two big markets madrid and barcelona i think madrid is sitting in the strongest place something like according to hvs 45 percent of um, their demand is domestic in madrid against just 20 percent in barcelona and barcelona has had soaring success with its international meetings market but of course in this new world we're coming out into um, the sort of post-virus pre-vaccine world um, that having you know huge strength in the international meetings market is a, a real weakness um, and I think Barcelona is really going to suffer um, in that with just 20% of its um, demand being domestic so I think of those two markets I think Madrid looks look, look looks like the one to be in but in and the other thing that benefits the urban markets of course is there's significant significantly stronger potential for reuse of those assets if the hoteliers the hotel owners so choose and whereas you're stuck out on the costas it's very difficult to see what other reuse there's going to be i mean the residential um, holiday residential market which is the main one um is not going to be particularly strong where do you go with with your big resort property um which isn't actually going to be in most cases ideal to convert to residential anyway um and i i think that you know that there are limited options there um and i suspect you know the from an owner's perspective the the, the options are to open up and um, lose money being open um or keep shut and um come back um if you've got a decent balance sheet come back in 2021 and um hope that you know that the worst of this crisis is is behind us um neither look great i i think there is going to be uh, a, a, a quite a bit of um, consolidation um in this marketplace the the weaker undercapitalized um players are really going to be vulnerable now and i think what we've talked about for a long while is seeing there's been a lot of people out there sniffing um, before the crisis there are a lot of people thinking look there's opportunities here in terms of bringing brands in terms of consolidating um, 
I think that's only going to accelerate dramatically as we start coming out of this crisis. Well, and one example of that, uh, just this week, a report um, about uh, an investor, private equity investor called Palm Invest, who's already spent 300 million euros in Portugal uh, earlier this year. And they're quite happy having spent that money in Portugal already. And they're looking for more hotels and um, they're taking a long term view, uh, quite convinced they'll be sitting pretty in five years time. So. Um, I'm sure they're not the only ones looking around for uh, opportunities. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Now, the next uh, topic is uh, just to sort of talk about uh, uh, someone I caught up with this week, another evangelist for the hotelization of real estate, uh, a gentleman by the name of Neil Young, who um, has uh, recently kind of gone back into consultancy across the accommodation space having spent a few years working very successfully growing a big build to rent community in East London um, under the brand of uh, Get Living is building uh, a brand which really does deliver uh, the kind of uh, property rental experience for residents that um, you know everyone thinks is 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 the is the the way to go and the only thing sort of logical thing you ought to expect if you if you stay in a rental property, which is a decent level of support services, um, things fixed when they are broken promptly and efficiently, um, and uh, the the provision of of just a nice living environment around and about you. So. Um, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, what he brings now to a kind of broader. Um, and hospitality and he's being quite agnostic about the type of projects that he works on um, already started working on a retreat project abroad and uh, on other kind of student accommodation here in the UK. Neil Young very much encapsulates what we're about here at Operational Real Estate Analyst. Uh, it did this blurring of the asset classes, um, student accommodation, residential or um, and whichever component within that residential in terms of co-living or micro-living or all of these new um, emerging bits of residential, the build-to-rent piece. I mean, he's been playing in that and doing that. And, and now he's he's talking about actually being a consultant and a co-investor in the opportunities as they emerge. And it got me thinking, you know, what, what is this going to be like, this recovery as, as we as we begin to, to look at these opportunities? And uh, uh, at one level, I think you know, this is going to be much more like the 1990s um, in terms of there's going to be more assets traded at lower values than we saw in, say, post the 9-11 period or in the great financial crisis uh, 2008 in, in that recovery period. I think there will be more there, but I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as it was in the 1990s. People have learned the lessons of what happened back then. There are f there's far too much money actually seeking these opportunities. So I don't think assets are going to drop to the kind of depths they dropped to in the 1990s and which basically enable people just to swoop in pick them up hang on to them for a few years and then flog them again at a fantastic return i think it's going to require if you're going to make the money here you're going to be required to actually think about what you're doing with those assets you're going to have to do some significant repositioning there's going to be a lot of repositioning opportunities i think coming out of this there's a lot of assets which are just we're all in markets which were just unlikely to um, ever fully recover and I think uh, if I look in say if we 
pick on hotels specifically um, I think we've got areas of, of the mid-scale and four-star hotel market which just have never properly been repositioned um, and they need to be sorted out still the whole swathes of assets which seem to have traded at every downturn as there's been a, a crisis um, whether it's you know mcdonald hotels might be a, an example of this um, so i think those sort of things is going to be need to be if you're going to make the money you're going to have to do something significant with them reposition them maybe complete completely different category you might need to think about but i think also even in you know student accommodation there's there's markets there which are oversaturated will these student markets ever fully recover and there's you know we're in a situation now in student accommodation with cambridge university saying it's going to go fully virtual for the entire academic forthcoming academic year well who's going to be wanting to stay in a student accommodation if the entire program is going to be virtual well there is one-to-one -one teaching but none of the the main lectures are going to be given um, face to face so it does call into question the need for people to be on site and the need for you know for that accommodation to be there and certainly a bunch of other universities have said that they're, they're effectively ending face to face at least for the the autumn term the Michaelmas term so you know up until the end of this year so there's you know there's empty assets sitting there what what's going to become well of them? the ones and in I think, Cardiff there's um, one big block in Cardiff where they're asking the planners to let them become service departments yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly and this is but what they're in the hands um, of planning policy this then, is what, you know, as to whether or not they can start taking money they totally are and i think it's going to this is this is what i mean in terms of the repositioning piece you've got to do that and i think we're going to need to see the planners step up um and not let these assets sit there wasting away and if if you if the planners lack imagination unfortunately we're going to see certain areas the sort of towns where, where there will be decay and and the planners will be partly responsible for that for not allowing these this reposition repositioning to take place where they step up and say yep okay we're going to have to be more flexible here uh i think we're gonna you know the, the the opportunities will be seized and it's quite an exciting period actually in terms of what's coming out uh, and the opportunities which are going to be created and i think we're going to see some quite significant brands disappear but new brands um appear and certainly some fledgling brands that we have are going to become much stronger and much more powerful those that are able to adapt and take advantage of the you know what there is the possibilities that are out there right and now. just a reminder if you want to uh, spend a few hours considering what those opportunities might be uh, the event details once more 16th of june the virtual real estate tomorrow conference and if you want to get yourself registered and find out more details uh, you need to log on now and click onto realestate-tomorrow.com well, that's about it from us this week. Uh, so we'll say bye for now.